Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and that other bloke that uh, bobs up and does everything else. What's oh, his name? Oh, that very oh, important bloke, uh, Kevin Philip Aloysius. Eugene Hillier. There is no Aloysius and there is no (laughs) Eugene. But I tell you, I do have a a list of credits for our guest for this program that are a mile long. Mm. Actor, producer, presenter, teacher, auctioneer. That's just some of the stuff this man does. And when you see his face, you'll go, oh. I know him. Peter Mockery. He's a, look, Australian actor has been in so many. Can I just say some of the shows that he's been well, in? Well, yes. Sons and Daughters, The Restless Years, Holiday Island, <laughs> Neighbours, Home and Away, Blue Healers, GP, Water Rats, Murder Call, uh, and he did 637 episodes of Shortland Street yes, in, in New Zealand. Yes, he was over there for a few years. Uh, yeah, amazing. Uh, amazing, amazing career. Look, he is such an affable bloke. Uh, he is so accommodating, so generous with his time. And um, he has a lot of uh, interesting and fascinating views to share, and I'm really excited about this chat today. It'll be good fun, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But want to remind you about, uh, of course, all our social media platforms. The, and, and Peter's all over social media, mm. too, so I can check him out there. Uh, but uh, the food polls on social media, and oh, this oh. week, oh, it's a beauty. Oh, it's, it's a tasty one, this <laughs> well, one. Well, it's in memory oh, of our oh, recent. Oh, oh. To guest, good old Larry Emder, oh. who uh, who had a bit of a hankering for the old Devon, the luncheon meat. Mm. Is it a yay or a nay? We'll you, find out. We'll throw that up to you a little later, and I mean <laughs> that in the nicest possible way. Uh, but let's get to our guest for this week. As I said, actor, producer, presenter, teacher, auctioneer, and fascinating bloke, Peter Mockery. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Just to start things off, where in this big wide world do we find you these days? I live in uh, the eastern suburbs of Sydney. I travelled the world, found my wife, had a son and came back to Sydney because I think this is the best place in the world to raise a child and have the family experience. Love it here in Sydney. Hmm. What, what makes Sydney such a great place to, to raise a family? I know it. I lived in Los Angeles for a year and I found it terrifying. I found it driving on the wrong side of the road, <laughs> turning left, you like taking your life in your hands. Um, I grew up. I went uh, to Knox on the North Shore, and the Eastern Suburbs has been my home there for, for 35 years. I lived in Bondi, now we're in Darling Point. Um, I think it's the people, you know. Unfortunately, I think our way of life is under attack, uh, which I hope we can talk about today. And as we were saying, you know, deregulation and all these different things, I still think in Sydney and Australia we've got a, a bit of hope that things won't go south. What in particular, when you say our way of life is under threat, what specifically? Sarah, there are two things in life, love and fear. Fear is being connected to your ego. What do they think of me? I need to make money. And love is trusting the process of being homo sapiens. If you're connected to your spirit, you understand and value things. Whereas if you're always chasing the next dollar, that's what's driving people and that's not how to live. A quality life, in my experience, you know, love and fear. Live in love and you'll be fine. Live in fear, well, societies go down because of that, don't they? Yep. Uh, I saw saw a beautiful quote from you in in the interview you did uh, where you said, to be old and wise, you actually have to first be young and stupid. Um, (laughs) Do I regret saying that? No, 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 it's a beauty. It's a beauty. You know, I'm 63 now. Sorry, let me let me let you finish your question. 
<laughs> no, I was going to say that's uh, and what you just said about uh, you know now seeing life from that perspective is is based on on having actually lived and been done some silly things and and uh, yeah. and had some experiences, mate. It's all great when you're a success, you're down the pub buying everybody a beer. When you're a failure and you've done wrong, you're at the kitchen table with your head in your hands going, wow, what could I have done differently? And sure, so, you know, I, as I said, I, I'm a spirit having a human experience. I believe I've been here many times before that I'm learning and self-evolving and getting better at things. You know, my childhood was terrible. So I learned from that not to give my son a terrible childhood, to be of value, to be of worth and a man of my word and, and change people's lives and make them more aware. So, yeah, I made mistakes. Yep. Not great ones, but would, you know, that's the thing, oh, any regrets? Yeah, sure. I wish I'd, when I got to the, the crossroads, I hadn't gone left instead of going down the fork down to the right. But, you know, it's all good. It's yeah. all good, yeah. you know. Peter, was there a particular, let's say, light bulb moment that brought you to this understanding or was it a, co a collection of experiences? There was a great lady. I worked on a show called The Restless Years and there was a great woman, great actress, great human being called June Solder. Oh, yeah. She played Miss McKenzie. She was, I was there in the green room and she talked to me and she said, are you serious about this? And I used to sit at her feet, I was 20. I said, sure. And she said, go to NIDA and learn the craft. So I went to the auditions and got in that first year when I was, you know, it was a couple of years later when I was 28. And I sat with great tutors, people like Keith Bain, who'd worked with the Australian Ballet, and, and Tony Knight, and, and, and great tutors from around the world, the Committee of Delarte, and whatever. And then you'd learn, and there was a moment uh, where I had to stop being a victim from my circumstances. And he said, you asked for all this to happen. I went, what are you talking about? And from that moment, I learned about Buddhism and karma and being kind and generous and Realizing if you give bad, you'll get bad. You give good, you watch, it, you will flourish. Mm. And all you have to do is ask for what you want. Be specific. Ask for what you want from the universe and be kind and it will come to you. It'll take a while, but it's better than being, you know, out every night on the rag and tear. Now, speaking of that, in a sort of a fashion, uh, uh, as you know, this is Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. I'm going to ask the hard question here, Peter. You're married at the age of 50. That's an yep. awful lot of bachelor food. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It, it, it's really interesting. I, I'm so in love with my wife. I respect her. And she taught me so many things about life that I didn't know about which was appreciation of the little things, food, um, moments, love, caring, friendship, and those sorts of lovey things. So food, yeah, it, it was never a great interest of mine, but now, now I have a family and we've got a you know, five o'clock comes around, what are we doing for dinner? <laughs> and, uh, and I've thrown my head in the ring and I, I think I've become quite a dab hand at I learned from my wife, Sally. She's brilliant. Great cook, you know, just a pinch here and a pinch. Not, not too much of that and you know, all those things. So, mm. yeah. Cooking is no all about knows. adding adding love, isn't it, Peter? Do Absolutely. You, do you have a signature dish? Yes, we do. I was just thinking of that. So it's about nurturing and putting good things in your body. You know, the old argument, we try and stay close to the vegan sort of thing, maybe a bit of chicken, not a lot of meat. Uh, the signature dish is... A pasta made from lentils, which we just adore. It's amazing. Uh, 
than um, uh, sauce, tomato, um, what's that stuff? Not Paul Newman's, but like that, one of those mm-hmm. Italian things. Whole tomatoes, put that in with some spinach and a little bit of, yeah, tiny little bit of oregano and a few herbs. Mix all of that up. Uh, serve it onto the lentil pasta with a little bit of feta cheese. Oh. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, and it, takes, it takes eleven minutes there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that that sounds uh, that sounds absolutely divine. How how important do you find, Peter, especially at the age that you're at now? That uh, how important are good um, dietary habits at this time oh, of your absolutely. life? Well, it's everything. Absolutely everything. We don't drink. We don't smoke. But, you know, 12-year-old boy that started high school this year, we've got to be good role models, we've got to make good food for him, and we see it. It is absolutely important. Putting sugar in the tank, screw the engine. Try to stay away from the sugar. Eat whole foods. Eat unprocessed stuff, you know, like fruits and vegetables. It's that old thing. It's been going for 150 million years, and people, you know, don't... I mean, the, the, the stuff we're watching now about... Uh, fast food and what they put into it, the additives, you know, hamburgers that don't rot over 15 years because of the additives and all that, preservatives, no, not putting that in our body, it's a little bit more expensive, but hey, you make it up when you don't have to pay the medical bills, you know what I mean? Yep. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Do you have something that is kind of like, you know, a bit naughty that you enjoy? <laughs> oh, look, I'm trying to stay away from sugar, mm. but an acai berry bowl, oh, Oh, <laughs> when they're made really well, oh, I love acai berry bowls. I think they're absolutely sensational. But because of the sugar content, mm. you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful with stuff. Peter, you did uh, touch briefly on uh, on your, your, your childhood, and I, I just wondered how different, especially the food on the table, what some of your memories of that period of your life? Uh, see, without getting too deep about that, that's not a great time in my mm. life. My father left when I was 11. Uh, we had, I had young siblings, uh, very young. And I sort of just remember fish fingers and rice and, and mm. I don't know, not a great knowledge because there were so many other things going on. So, you know, I, I fell in love with oranges. <laughs> it was quick. I was into surfing. I'd make surfboards and I quickly wanted to go out to the shed because I had resin drying want to do a colour on a fin or something. So, yeah, it, it wasn't a huge time. It was only in the last 15 years when I met Sally that I've become to appreciate, you know, uh, fresh foods, tomatoes and those sorts of things, you know. When it comes to your television career, Peter, uh, it sounds like you've covered all the TV food groups in a matter of speaking. You started at 19 on The Restless Years. You've worked on shows from uh, uh, Neighbours to to Holiday Island uh, and more beyond that. Tell us about how that that uh, started in your life, the acting career. Okay, so I my father worked uh, overseas. He was into trade, and he wanted me to follow in his footsteps. So I went and did uh, commerce law at University of New South Wales. It wasn't for me. I'm not that sort of figures person. Luckily, my son is now. He's mm-hmm. 91% in maths. I'm very proud of that. He doesn't get it from me or Sally. Uh, and I was doing classes at the time with a lady called Mitch Matthews, who a uh, brilliant woman. And she nurtured me and showed me what acting was all about, of listening and responding and learning lines and the craft of it. And it just took off from there. And 
luckily, you know, after NIDA, I got water rats and I fell in. I did Blue Healers and Murdercall and then went to New Zealand and did a show over there, then came back and did Blue Murder and Janet King. Unfortunately, I, you know, like, let me ask you a question about television and drama mm-hmm. in Australia. What was the television drama Australian that you watched on television this week? Uh, right, mm. silence. <laughs> <laughs> Can hear a pin drop. <laughs> you know, in the old days, guys, on a Sunday, we would sit down and we would watch The Wonderful World of Disney, oh, the news, yes. 60 Minutes, and then the movie. But that's changed. It's gone, you know, my son's on his tablet or on, on, on uh, the computer and Sal's the same, and I'm on my computer and I'm getting ready for Monday's work. And it, Our lives have changed so dramatically. Mm. And you can make three hours of reality television compared to one hour of quality drama, right? Mm. Now, if you're a program manager at a network television, you're not going to be doing too much drama. You know, in the old days, when we did Water Rats, we'd get 1.9 to 2.1 million viewers. Now you're lucky to get 700,000. Yeah, true. So the economics have killed it. And what that does, though, it drifts down through our culture. So my son says, you know, he's in first year high school, he's doing drama and presenting and teaching him those things. I said, but you don't want to go into this. There just isn't the opportunities when I was his age. Uh, when I was his age that there is now. You know, you just can't do it. It's, you it, can't find a, a career there. It's a scary at times world, isn't it, Peter, this online uh, digital existence that we all that we all live to some extent. But I also think a difference in terms of our television viewing habits is that in the old days we used to make an appointment to see our favourite television show. We had to wait for it and we had to exercise patience because it was shown at a particular time and if you missed it, that was it. Whereas this, this generation uh, wants everything on demand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now you binge watch nine episodes of of, of House uh, Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, whatever it is now. Um, Yeah, I I think when we're seeing the breaking down of the fabric of society, that the dollar is ruling everything, and I think that's one of the saddest things that is happening. I know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There always is. When you look at the evolution of Homo sapiens over thousands of years, there's always been regimes and tyrants and all those things. And what happens with darkness, all that's got to happen is light. And if we can all work towards lightening up the darkness, it eviscerates the darkness and we return to the evolution of what our souls are supposed to be doing. Yeah. Pete, you've, you've reinvented yourself over the years in terms of, uh, you know, you talk about a career in, uh, in television and, and acting and stuff, but you've you sort of reinvented yourself in a, a number of different ways over the years by necessity or because uh, you found there were other things that you, you wanted to do and, and liked doing and were good at doing? Oh, a bit of both, mate. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert Mitchum, great actor from 100 years ago, you know great movie star he said he'd be an actor I mean standing around telling stories I love it it's the greatest thing in the world we just did a series called World which is about two psychiatrists that fall in love great actress called Beth Champion went out and and it's won awards at all the big festivals and we're very proud of it a little web series and I'd love to keep on doing that but at the end of the day as I just said there's no work like we used to do and you know, now I do voiceovers and we've got a production company and I work for McGrath and 
various capacities of teach corporations talking down the barrel of the camera. We've got investments. I just had to move on. You know, I, I, it's sad. I'm, I'm, uh, it's nothing quite like watching a good drama, you know, a good moral tale. Mm. And what we've got now is reality television mm. with people, young people, competing against each other for likes. Mm. And I, that's not the way to run a life. No. You know? mm. It couldn't have been more. <laughs> you know, when, you put some, when those people put people down, what they're trying to do is make themselves feel better about themselves. And that's not love. That's just fear. That's, you know, I alluded to earlier. That's what's going on. That's yep. sad. Mm. And popularity, I guess, as you pointed out, Peter, especially with the, the rise of social media, is dependent on how many likes you get or how many downloads you get. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's sad. And I hope that one day uh, we will um, – move away from that. It's an interesting thing. You know, I, I had a good following on, on Instagram and I got hacked and I lost the account. Mm. And it's been the best thing in the world. It's, you know, it's a bit like life. You worry so much about these things. You wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't cross that T and I didn't dot that I. Oh, what's going to happen? And then it turns around and it's the best thing that could have happened because something else, you know, that old saying, one door closes, something else opens up. Yeah. So, yeah, much happier than I used to be sitting around waiting for the phone to ring from an acting agent saying, oh, you've got an audition um, and, you know, it's not really much. It's like, ah, don't need that. Can I go out and do other stuff? And then when that happens, it's the old story. The acting people come knocking in. <laughs> You're on hold for a job, you know. It's crazy. Block. Well, tell us about the uh, the auctioneering uh, line of work, uh, Peter. I mean, that that's a profession that obviously depends very heavily upon uh, on presentation skills. Yep, yep, yep. So I uh, came back from New Zealand after doing six years on Shortland Street. Big star over there. Magazine covers, big money, married, had a child, came back to Australia. The caravan had moved on. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting around and twiddling my thumbs and starting to think. And you know, while I was at NIDA, I, I had a presenting thing and I started developing that with my wife, and got a website up. And then she said, What about auctioneering? And I said, mm-hmm. Her father was an auctioneer for Barfoot and Thompson in New Zealand. So I went to my very dear friend who I've known for 40 years, Johnny McGrath. And I said, I want to be an auctioneer. He said, what? What? <laughs> so I went for a year with their top guy, Scott Kennedy Green, another guy called Josh Larson, really good humans, and they taught me the craft of standing up in front of people for 15 minutes with the huge responsibility of selling someone's property that they've worked all their life for. And the ins and outs, and now 10 years later, I, I'm very proud to call myself a good auctioneer. You know, last Saturday... Reserve was one five, four hundred grand more than that, and that changed that person's life. You know, yeah. wow, good, it's good great, on mm. good on yeah, that's, happy. Yeah, mm. no, that's good. That's very, very satisfying and fulfilling work. Well, at the end of the day, if you're going to measure that about how many likes you get on an app, <laughs> wins hands down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. 
Can I just oh, – now, I just want to hark back to uh, to something which uh, which amuses me somewhat because I've heard other actors who were on the series at the time talk about it and laugh about it. Holiday Island. Oh, God. Now, I know, I know you're an actor and I know it requires oh. you to pretend, but how on earth do you pretend that you're in a tropical paradise when you're on the back blocks at Nunawadding in, you know, minus two degrees in winter? Have you heard that story about ice? In the mouth before take. Uh, yes, the frost on the on the breath and the steam coming off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, they did all of the exterior shooting up at uh, in the Whit Sundays, and then they brought it down to Nutter Wadding. We had a great cast. There was Nick Tate and Stephen Grimes, and, uh, 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 Bunny Brook, mm. and great thespians out of Melbourne. And I went down and Zach Zacharias. Uh, it was fun. There's always a great <laughs> feeling in the company, but when we went out on set, you know, you'd arrive at 7 o'clock, your makeup calls at 7.15, you're on set at 8 o'clock, you walk out into another wedding, <laughs> and most of the time it was raining, so they do the interior little things there and not show the sunshine, <laughs> but you had to put ice in your mouth because the swimming pool, uh, where we were, the steam was rising off it and the steam was coming out of our mouths. It was uh, <laughs> great friendships. You know, you've got to find the good in everything. But uh, ill-fated and we did uh, did a year on that show. But, you know, fun to do. Yep, yep. Hey, listen, uh, uh, if you're having a dinner party at your house and you're going to serve your uh, your lentils uh, pasta, pasta. Um, yeah. who, who would you invite? Who are, the, who are the people who'd make your table these days, given that you, you, you kind of your look at life has changed a bit? Yeah, yeah. I, Robert Redford would be head of my list. Oh. I think he's a great man. I grew up on Butch Cassidy. Butch, sorry, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm. uh, Three Days at the Condor, oh, All the yes. President's Men. Back when we told the truth, that's what's lacking in our society at the moment. The truth, that's what, you know, that whole cliche, it sets you free. But I would have Robert Redford, and he would talk about the Sundance Festival and all the things that he's done for human beings. I would have Hedy Lamar, very beautiful, very smart actress. Uh, I would have Jim Morrison, because I'd want him to get up and sing L.A. Woman, uh-huh. <laughs> unaccompanied. Uh, I'd have David Bowie, oh. uh, Grace Kelly, just to sit there, mm-hmm. just to look. <laughs> I think she would be smart, and I'd like to ask her a few questions about what happened to her acting career, yeah. um, what happened in that life where she went from being a really great actress. I mean, Rear Window, wow. With Hitchcock, what a great film. She is just everything. Uh, and then say, well, any regrets going over to Monaco? Uh, John Belushi, just oh. sit and watch the energy. <laughs> so a disparate and an eclectic group of people uh, at our dinner, dinner party. For people to walk away and say, yeah, well, the food was pretty good, but the company was even better. Yeah. Oh, that is one of more, the a, more eclectic ones yeah, we've that's had. A great yeah. little, that's a great little dinner party, that one. Yeah. Can I just add one more? Sure. There's an actress called Dakota Johnson, who uh, Melanie Griffith and, and Don, Don Johnson's, Johnson's yeah. daughter. Uh, I think she does exceptional work. And just to talk about what's going on in Hollywood and what you have to go through to make it these days. Beautiful. So, okay. if the, if the, are you are you hopeful the phone rings and there's a, a great acting offer still to come for you, or oh, eternally hopeful, Mister Hilly? Yeah. You never know. But at the end of the day, 
when you're lying on your deathbed and the doctor says, well, it's probably tomorrow, have no fear because you've had a great life, you've helped people, mm. smile and say, right, I'm ready for what I believe is judgment day when you say what you did. I believe in spirits. I believe that I will go back to a classroom and a spirit guide and the parents that I chose to learn from this lifetime, I will talk about that and then I will be happy. And yes, mate, acting help comes. Yes, please. If not, ready to help people. Yeah. Peter, at this stage of the, the podcast, we normally ask people for a uh, cooking or a kitchen tip. But what I would like to ask you, based on what we've discussed today, what is your life tip for, for the people listening to this podcast? Be kind and generous to people. Come, give good, you'll get good. You give bad, you watch it come back and bite you. You can see it, you know, premiers and states that have done nefarious things and not been kind to their people around the world. You're starting to see them fall now. History is littered with people who were greedy for power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think that's what my tip would be. Beautiful. It's going to play out in real time. You know? All right, guys. Peter, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been great to have a chat and uh, good luck for the future. Thank you. Thanks, guys, so much. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Peter Mockery, uh, check him out on social media yeah. because you'll you'll find the fascinating stuff. And you'll know if, if the name doesn't immediately go ding, ding, just have, as soon as you see his face, you go, oh, It's a course. wonderful conversation. It, you know, it's lovely to talk about food, but as we know in this podcast, food often leads to uh, to talking about other elements and aspects of your life, and yep. uh, I, I found that fascinating. Yeah, no, so did I. Now, let's get oh. to the food poll because this <laughs> – I don't know what this is fascinating. <laughs> you like a spot of Devon in your Sanger, oh, Kevin? The memories oh, that this has conjured yeah. up for me are not good. Yeah, the picture wasn't that good oh, either. Oh, no. no <laughs> Let's no, no. start with our friend Sarah Warmby. She says, oh, you're going to love this, Kevin. Devon and mustard relish oh. sandwiches as a kid. Great memories of pulling out a hot, sweaty Devon sandwich from my school port in the middle of summer. That's so true. But I'm mm. older and wiser now, so it's a nay from me and a yay from the dog. Exactly. <laughs> should have been the dog, should have got it first. Uh, John King says, one of my fondest memories was doing night shift on security. I had three Devon and tomato oh. sauce sangers. Oh. We had an ancient toasting oven and I'd toast my sangers lovely on a cold. Old winter's night. That sounds beautiful, actually. Stephen Tuzel says, oh, lordy, no thanks. A butcher's <laughs> grandson here. Uh, it's Don Straz all over this crap every time. Laugh out loud. Pop used to hand out a slice of Straz to all the kids that came through the shop. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it is. Michelle says, oh, no way. Nay from me. Ian, I ate kilos of that when I was a kid. Nice fried like bacon. <laughs> Rebecca, who, uh, who is in touch yeah. with us every week, says, hell yes, and to make a vegan version of this would be just so – miss it so much. Oh, how do you make a vegan version? Peter. Well, it's not like it's got any meat in it. <laughs> Peter says. <laughs> Many vegan. other little bits and pieces, oh. but not much meat. Well, we'll get to that. Trust me, we're getting to the good bits. Peter says, my brother last night gave me some Bing Fritz from Adelaide. Nothing beats it with tomato sauce. So we'll uh, we'll go through the origins of this as we go along too. Some of these expressions yeah. that we're using will, will actually make sense. 
sense. Uh, Pity Pat Petrina says, uh, bought up on this as a kid, although we called it beef luncheon. Yes. Have you posh? In white bread with sauce for school. Yeah, sauce again. Yep. Dana says, Petrina, same, all with pickles. Oh, gee, <laughs> we used to do it. We used to find anything we could to douse the actual taste. <laughs> Craig says, went to KR Darling Downs on a oh. school trip in the uh-oh, 70s. Uh-oh. I watched them make it. Nah, for me, lips and buttholes. Oh. Okay. Karen says, yes, when my girls were little, they loved Devon sandwiches. But Not anymore they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just put them off it. But wouldn't eat them unless I drew a funny face in the sauce before uh, slapping the bread on top. I've seen that done. <laughs> uh, Yvonne says, uh, when I first lived in WA, I couldn't find Devon anywhere. Oh. So one day I was in a deli in Mount Lawley and I asked the lady if she had any Devon. <laughs> She said, you must be from the eastern states. We call it poloni Poloni like baloney. I guess so, yeah. Ah. Beverly says, yay, with a little fob of tomato sauce and roll it up and munch away. John says, grew up on it and spam. Spam, No. 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 Barbara says, always called Belgium in our house. We always found these funny little names for it uh, that you've you've called in your house. Brett says, yes from me with cheese and tomato sauce. Yum. Bringing me round. Heather says, yep, I love it. I had a sandwich of it today. My own children used to call it favourite meat. (laughs) Uh, Devon says, loved it as a kid too. Devon, cheese and sauce sangers, often toasted but not so much now. (laughs) Adam Pont, chicken loaf for me. I don't think that was an option but doesn't matter. Well, it's not like it's got any chicken in it. <laughs> Jeanette says, I love it. Wendy, yum. I love it with tomato sauce or pickles. Lee says, awesome. Fried crispy oh. Devon. Oh, can you do that? Shane Burke, it's a no from me. Rhonda says, yuck. <laughs> uh, but we do use Berli- Berliner. Is it Berliner or Berliner? I'm not Berliner? sure. Or veal German instead. Oh. Ich bin ein Berliner. Controversial. <laughs> Jacqueline says, Poloni is rank. Deborah says, yuck, yuck, yuck. 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 <laughs> and Shelley says, well, we don't say what Shelley says, but it's a, it's a swear word. Steve Bastoni oh. says, ah, Devon, an aborted mortadella. <laughs> uh, when, oh. they, when they've run out of backsides and lips, bring on the Devon. <laughs> Jim Wilson, ah, please. I remember that was in a Monty Python yeah. film once. I reckon John Cleese stood up and said, bring on the backsides and lips. <laughs> Jim Wilson said, oh, please, if you said mortadella, even spam, but not Devon. Isn't that an indication of how low this sits when you're going to take spam over the Devon? Allison says, I buy, it must be Berliner. Berliner uh, or Berliner? Uh, yes, oh. one of the two, I'm not sure. It's tastier and fancier. Andrew says, I grew up in S.A. Uh, Fritz. Well, well, he no, grew up on S.A. Fritz. No, he grew up in South Australia. So Fritz is what they call it, and in uh, WA they call it Poloni. So it's just a well, different Well, I'm now notes. in WA, so it's Poloni. Fresh yep. bread, butter, Poloni and sauce. Makes you want to vomit. <laughs> uh, that must have been left off. That must have been a typographical <laughs> error. Just wasn't on the oh, okay. Old Crokey says, oh, yay, me, oh, I love it, especially oh. wrapped around a pickled onion. Oh, dearie me. I'll do the next two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff says it makes a delicious, quick sandwich. And Merv Hughes says definite no. Now, look, I'm telling you, you know it's not good when Merv, Merv says no. Because no. uh, Merv will eat anything. Now, Wayne, oh, uh, Wayne says, he uh, here comes Wayne. Last week I made a statement about how we'd reached the bottom of the barrel. Oh. Well, it seems the good people at Food Bites have had a hold my beer and watch this moment <laughs> after reading that and how wrong I was. Oh. 
I think the last person that was as far off the mark as I was last week was the executives at Decca Records in 1962 <laughs> who signed up an up-and-coming band called Brian Poole and the Tremolos in preference to some mob called the Beatles. <laughs> when something lists its ingredients as meat, including pork, then the alarm bells going off in your head should sound like the start of time by Pink Floyd. <laughs> I have no idea what goes into this pasty pink sausage of sadness. <laughs> T-shirt. They're appearing next Friday night at the Royal <laughs> Hotel, the pasty pink sausages of sadness. But I'm guessing a high percentage of it was used for animal procreation oh. Oh. and the passing of body fluids. It truly is one of the worst things to ever be passed off as fit for human consumption. I'm sure it's made by the good people who make those rolls of meat for your dog and then once a week they just pop a different label into the machine and voilay, Devon is born. I mean, who can forget the school lunch hell of pulling a Devon and tomato sauce sandwich that have been sweltering away in your school bag for half a day, you pull it out and then trying to consume it. It does sweat. we all done that. Yeah. I'm sure that's where a lot of us learn how food poisoning actually occurs. <laughs> I would rather sit on an uncovered railway toilet seat oh. than to eat this log of puerile processed pork product oh. ever again. Oh, Wayne. It's yes. a no from Wayne. I think food poisoning would generally occur because there's so many preservatives in the meat. I don't think anything could take Sorry, on. Sorry, did you could use the word meat again? Did you use <laughs> well, Devon and meat in a in sandwich? In the product, let's say. It is an overwhelming no, yes. but there oh. is enough yeses there for them to keep selling it at the delis. Yeah. I like uh, Wayne's and Sarah's recollection of the sweaty sweaty Devon yeah. at lunchtime in your school bag and your lunchbox. And did anyone ever eat it uh, without some sort of condiment on it? I used to just eat it without the bread, you know. You'd roll it up and just whack it in your gob. Yeah? No. <laughs> you obviously didn't do that up in Queensland. I can't talk. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Please, mm. no. Uh, but uh, thanks for being part of our Friday food poll. Uh, lots and lots of responses uh, on all our social media mm. platforms. Who so knows what we'll come up with next? We do. Have, oh, we could have nose. We've had uh, we've had backsides <laughs> and lips. Let's. What, what can you make out of it? Oh, I know. Uh, next week's food poll will be. Um, what was it called? The Parsons nose? That was the- <laughs> on the chalk. <laughs> My yeah. mum used to call that the Pope's nose. Don't, well, I mean, talk about uh, tail to no, nose, nose to tail, to tail eating. eating. We've oh. do, we've, we're certainly doing it on this. We've podcast. covered all the food groups. Ooh. Let's say. Well, and some that aren't even in food yep. groups. They're, just, they're, <laughs> they're sold in the delis, but they're not in a food group. Uh, thank you to Peter Mockery for being on the show. Uh, check him out on social media. Check out all our social media yes. platforms. And uh, we will, don't forget our radio version of this uh, program as well across the Ace Radio Network on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Yes, been delightful being in your company it's again. It's been lovely. I'm off for a Devon and tomato sauce sandwich. <laughs> Tally-ho! Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.